So welcome to this week's podcast about being lost, confused, and hopeful. I'm still very much all three of those things, and this is episode two of the podcast. I still have pretty much no idea what I'm doing or where this podcast is going, but I would say that in some ways I'm a little more lost, confused, and hopeful than I was last week. But I think those are good things because I think that I'm figuring things out a little bit more each time and I'm able to share that with my students and the teaching community. And that's kind of exciting. So those are all really great places to be, in my opinion. So for this week's podcast, we're going to be talking a lot about, well, the podcast itself, kind of on a meta level and where it's going. I'm going to dig into some different aspects about being a reader talk about some of the work that's going on in my classroom, and hopefully even have my first interview. So that's exciting. I'm also going to feature some of the thoughts and feelings from my students about this project and podcasting and what's going on in the classroom right now and just kind of like why they're excited. So I'm actually going to start with them. Well, I'd say I'm pretty excited for this because I've never done anything dealing with podcasts or voices before, and I know doing things like this will help me get used to my voice and stuff like that, and I've never, like, done anything even close to this before. Like, especially in my other classes, we don't do stuff like this, so this will probably be very fun to do. And our comic book is really interesting so far. We have Kindred, and I'm really, really enjoying it so far. So I think this project is a good way to like show like what you've learned from the comic and I also get to learn about like voices and like radio stuff kind of while we do this so I'm really excited. I'm excited for this unit about podcasting because I listen to many podcasts and it's very interesting how they go about making them and I've also been interested in making a podcast just have to come up with the idea. So I'm looking forward to reading this graphic novel and making my podcast with my partner. Hey, Mr. Rhodes. So what I'm most excited for about this project is pretty much the whole thing. Like, we don't always get a chance to do something this fun. Like, normally, when you think of language arts, you always think of, like, always sitting and always writing, always reading. It's not always that, you know. And giving us this project, you know, it allows us to create something that's like not only fun, but it's, you know, it's a, it's another, it's a better way to be able to like kind of express how you feel toward a book or something. But like, I think that this whole project really is going to be fun, you know. So I've made some decisions about my podcast. First of all, I'm going to release every single week. And why that's a big deal is having a schedule I feel like is going to help hold me accountable to actually making sure that I put in the work to get it released. Uh, But also I think that'll help me in building a larger fan base and honestly giving me more incentive to do more research into the different segments that I'm going to feature on my podcast. Speaking of segments, uh, I've got a few ideas. Uh, They're just really ideas at this point, but I would love to have a segment about books. Well, big surprise there, right? Um, 
So just like what we're reading or what I'm reading or something dealing with my reading life, I think would be a really nice segment to have. Another segment I would really like to kind of discuss teaching practices or best practices, maybe even feature interviews with teachers that are doing innovative things in their classrooms, just to kind of put that out there and maybe, I don't know, promote the great work that's happening in other people's classrooms as well as my own sometimes. Um, And just really, I don't know, kind of work to elevate the teaching profession. Uh, I started a hashtag on Twitter a while ago called hashtag teach positive 365 and I completely let that project lag so I'd like to get back to that at some point but there's no reason why teaching positive can't be a segment on this podcast which I think that would be exciting so just some ideas Uh, this will continue to grow and change as the podcast does so I appreciate you guys as listeners but now let's talk a little bit about books So, as my daughter plays in the bathtub, I'm reminded of how much books have meant to me over the course of my life. I say this because my daughter is saying words, new words, almost every day. Some of them come from the books we read. She loves books. She will crawl across the entire apartment, and well, now she runs across the apartment, She reads them constantly in daycare. Uh, She will do whatever it takes to get her hands on a book. And then oftentimes she'll beg you to read it. Uh, This is something that I also had growing up. I was able to uh, be a very active reader from a very young age. My mom would read to me. It was just part of our nightly routine. And uh, I can honestly say that it changed the way that I think. It changed the way that I am able to be creative. I'll never forget my mom reading the entirety of Jurassic Park to me, page by page, a couple chapters a night, and just what that felt like. So countless books, dozens of books, books that were way ahead of my reading level. She was able to read to me. And that taught me about the worlds that lived inside their pages. And now to be able to help my daughter find those same worlds, it's amazing. Uh, It's probably one of my greatest joys as a parent is being able to help my daughter find books the way that I found them too. So the past couple of days have been really exciting, just getting students introduced to the Anchor platform and the graphic novels and just everything that we plan on doing with this project. It was really incredible. It was about two o'clock this afternoon 
on Thursday. So keep in mind, this is five minutes before I release my class to go on spring break. And I look around the classroom and everyone is reading. It's totally silent. I just hear them turning pages. I look around and see them showing each other like scenes from the graphic novels. I see amazement on their faces. I see engagement and buy-in. And that's when I realize that testing can literally take the soul out of your classroom. And one of the best ways to get it back is a good book. Featuring student voices on my podcast is probably the most important thing and component that I'm going to have and utilize every single week with this podcast. I learned a lot. This was my first interview and uh, simple things like introductions and getting the student or anyone for that matter that you're interviewing to actually talk for a moment about who they are give a little context, little background. These are things that I'll be working to improve upon in the future. But without further ado, this is my first interview, and I guess I'll have to introduce him for you. But this is Alejandro, who I've now taught for two years, and I'm looking forward very much to teaching again next year in mythology. Um, We just talked for a moment about books and kind of his reading life and what that's been for the course of his life and we finished the interview talking a little bit about school and what teachers can do to better support readers in their classroom. Uh, so um, you're my first big uh, you know interview. So I guess the first question is, um, what's your what's your first memory with reading? Uh, I guess when I was little, I mean, I used to read like a ton, like graphic novels, normal books, novels, like everything. Dr. Seuss was a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Seuss is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, I remember Green Eggs and Ham and Horton. Did you have a favorite? Actually, um... He had a book on the ABCs that, like, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I still have it. I have all my books from when I was little. That's pretty cool. Uh, so did that kind of continue throughout your childhood? Like, like literally, what was your first memory? If you can think back, what was your first memory as a reader? Well, um... As a reader, I'd say when I was little, starting out in, like, kindergarten. But, like, when I first actually start reading and, like, enjoying it was, I think, back in sixth grade when I got uh, my first romance novel called um, How to Kiss in America, I think it was called. Cool. Yeah. So why was that book or that moment so foundational for you as a reader? I mean... Well, reading is part of where I get my whole imagination from, and it also gets me away from my phone and the TV and everything, and it just helps me breathe a little. Yeah, definitely. I can relate. 
And romance is a favorite genre? Yes. Cool. Very cool. That's uh, not exactly typical, um, which is kind of cool. Like, has that ever made you feel different because those were the kind of books you liked? Uh, I mean, yeah. It usually, uh, like, whenever I watch something on TV or, like, read something, I start feeling that way. So, like, I, I, whenever I read those books, I feel more likable. Like, I okay. feel like I can become more likable to other people. Oh, okay. So, it's like a human connection factor. Yeah. Very cool. Like, I remember scary stories were a favorite of mine when I was, like, really young. There was this one book called Wait Till Helen Comes that I probably read like 500 times. It was about like this little ghost girl that tried to drown this other girl. And it was really scary. I remember reading that a lot. And of course, the Goosebump books. Did you ever yeah. read any of those? I read a couple, but I i mean, I never really liked horror stories. Not, not because they were scary, but because, I mean, it's just not my type of book. Gotcha. So what was another favorite when you were in middle school? Act mystery. Murder mysteries. Okay. I, I love and loved and still love um, James Patterson. He's Very come cool. out with uh, many books. I'm actually in my room right now, and... My favorite one from his series was probably a book called The Murder House. Okay, well, why that one? It's, well, it's a murder mystery. It's a ton of people in this giant hotel, and they're trying to figure out who killed who. So isn't that, like, the plot of most murder mysteries? Or I'm just wondering, like, why that one in particular is such a favorite. I mean, he's he writes, like novels for like adults so like yeah. if you give this book to a little kid they're not really gonna like <laughs> really fully comprehend it yeah so yeah this is probably like the only one that a little kid would be able to comprehend it's it's easy to read and everything okay interesting what about it makes it easier to read than his others well i mean the vocabulary isn't like that wide of a variety it's just like okay. small words. And I mean, it's one of his shorter books. So, I mean, that's another thing. I gotcha. Yeah, I love murder mysteries. Did you know that Edgar Allan Poe actually wrote detective fiction? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we done made him basically a one trick pony in our education system now, but he wrote a wide variety of different genres. So he wasn't always just like this depressing, uh, melancholy kind of horror. Uh, you know, what's the Tim Burton guy? Like, I mean, he basically, he did a lot of detective fiction. He actually pioneered the detective story. He wrote it way before Conan Doyle with Sherlock Holmes. And he wrote uh, even some really whimsical stuff, like really weird stuff that was just very funny and odd. Uh, he had a pretty wicked sense of humor, actually. So going back to your, like, early reading memories, did your parents ever read to you as a kid? Uh, you, I mean, when they had the time, 
that's why I mean I started learning to read at a very early age yeah um, after a while I just kind of stopped reading because I mean I got an iPod and that took all my time with yeah. video games and stuff yeah no I gotcha video games do get in the way do you feel like video games though are kind of a different type of reading maybe uh depends what type of video games because i mean sometimes like for example guitar hero or dj hero i mean you you kind of gotta like not really memorize but like play along and like actually read the notes and stuff oh interesting that's not an angle i would have examined yeah yeah no that makes sense but then if you're playing like super mario galaxy or something like there's not really much reading there you just gotta you're just playing around messing around i kind of meant from and like a storytelling perspective oh like for instance i'm playing red dead redemption like the second one and it's an amazingly narrative game with really deep characterization and themes and multiple plot lines. And I don't know, sometimes for me, that's kind of like a surrogate for reading in a way. Well, I mean, you're right. Video games have a story and like a plot and everything. Like th- there's there's really no true video game that like, there's no true story if there's no like plot and everything and like yeah. you don't get to do stuff. Definitely. Oh, so, like, a Tetris. Tetris wouldn't be one. Yeah, yeah. Or there's, like, those games where you're trying to keep the baby from crawling in the oven and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, it's just yeah. a very light narrative. But I was just wondering if you thought it was, a like, a good enough substitute or if we should feel guilty as readers because we're playing video games. Uh, people don't really see video games as a way of reading, though. They use it as a way to not read yeah yeah so i mean yeah people should feel guilty about playing video games and not reading because like parents say you're rotting your brain go outside no that's fair um i've got a pile of books that i really should give more attention to but Arthur Morgan just is such a compelling hero. It's tough. And it's nice being able to actually control the plot to a certain point, even though, like, spoilers, I'm totally dying of consumption. So there's not really much I can do about that in that game. Uh, Or, like, the worst one ever was The Last of Us. God, they all blend together and they all have last in them. (laughs) and usually like terrible zombies but no there was like anytime there's a plot that i can't avoid in a video game that's really awful because then you just kind of have to play it out but for some reason that doesn't bother me as much in books i don't know maybe it's the illusion of control that video games give me that books i just know i'm along for the ride no matter what what has school done to you as a reader i mean school kind of ignited that light of reading again i mean i i started reading when i was little i kind of stopped until sixth grade sixth and seventh grade i started reading again i got books and read novels and stuff but then around eighth grade i got so busy with like outside work and everything that i didn't really have time to read ninth grade comes along 
you introduced me to books and everything, and I slowly start reading again. Right now, I'm reading, like, something I never thought I would be reading. Like, the complete works of William Shakespeare, the first <laughs> volume. Yeah. I mean, of course it gets a little, sadly to say, boring. So I gotta put the audiobook on. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. I don't From think there, Shakespeare was ever meant to be read. So you're doing something like very was, admirable. <laughs> I feel like Shakespeare was meant to be watched, if anything. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think he would cry to know that like school children are forced to like read his words on pages. That's why there's so little stage direction is if it was really meant to be read, then he would have included a lot more of that. So that way we could visualize it without having people act it. I think he like never intended for us to be reading it, but that's cool. Um, you know, I oftentimes feel terrible for what I do to students in the classroom in regards to reading. Um, I have a lot of guilt around it actually, because I feel like in some ways I'm just playing into the big, uh, machine of school that kind of ruins books for kids. So it's nice to know that I've at least done some things right to make you enjoy reading still. It's tough. It's really hard as a teacher. What have I done to like try to reinforce your reading life maybe? Well, starting last year, you gave me this book that had many little stories intertwined with each other. Oh yeah, and, familiar. Yeah. I read it. it. It did get a little boring sometimes, but I just pushed myself through it since I haven't read in a while. And then Romeo and Juliet comes along and I helped act that out. It was fun. Uh, I got some books over the summer and I mean, yeah, like you kind of just gave me that little push I needed to start reading again. Did you enjoy the independent reading project we did this year? But then there was also the dystopian lit project. Life as we knew it. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that series. I I also got um other book series like Ashfall or something. Yeah. And like I probably read 15 books in the past like 2-3 months. That's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. It's really cool. I'm glad to know that I've done um like I said, some things right. If you could give advice to a teacher about reading um, and like ways teachers could actually help students enjoy reading more, what would you tell them? I mean, so to a teacher, what would I say? Hmm. I would say, I would tell them to let the kids that actually know what they want to read, like let them choose what they want to read. Uh, and like make, make it a little flexible I guess because I mean the the podcast project we're doing right now some yeah. people might not like the books that they're reading once they chose it so maybe like let them be able to like join a different group and like start reading a different book okay but like that's fair from there yeah it's tough um I know with right now our project we're doing, the hardest part is the fact that we've got limited resources. 
So if there's only eight copies of a book in the class at a given time, um, that's definitely a stretch goal. I'd love to have more, more graphic novels in my classroom in general. Good advice though. I'll see what I can do. Are you not liking your book? I love my book. Oh, well. Well, I, I thought I wasn't going to like it, but like, I guess I warmed up to it. But, uh, but thanks for your time today. You too. You enjoying your break? Uh, sure. <laughs> well, I'll try to get lost in a book. Uh, I will. So one of the things I'd like to do as I release weekly podcasts is to highlight a different artist or a different band that uh, is really important to me and instrumental um, or has been instrumental at some point in my life. I feel like today we have artists that get lots of playtime, lots of airtime. They're very popular. And I feel like there's a lot of different ways that music gets incorporated and therefore giving more airtime and face time to artists than ever before. But I also feel like there's a lot less equity where certain artists get a lot more attention and exposure and it's almost harder in some ways for certain artists to uh, really make it big or get their name out there partially because they're just competing with so many different voices. So by featuring one of these artists a week on my podcast, it's kind of a way to explore my own identity with you guys, my listeners, as well as, uh, you know, highlight some of the music, um, you know, that I think should be listened to more. So this artist this week is called Twin Shadow, and he's from the Dominican Republic. I've been listening for about six years. And honestly, his music helped me get through my divorce. If it wasn't for him, I don't know if I would have processed things the same way that I did. His music really helped me emotionally get through a lot of the uh, just leftover baggage and thoughts and feelings of the whole experience. So uh, I'm going to let you guys listen to Twin Shadow, and I hope you check out this segment in the future on podcasts. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to call it. Maybe something corny like musical moments or I don't know. I'll come up with some name eventually. But it's something I like to do every week. Well, here's Twin Shadow. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you again next week.